Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Prosecco and Ponies Canada Day Special. Oh, Canada. In this episode, I'm literally just going to list some of my favorite Canadian people, shows, and music. So my list is long, so grab your Caesar and your poutine because I'm about to say, I know, eh? A whole lot. I'm going to start with people. Uh, so to top off my favorite uh, list of Canadian people is Dan Aykroyd. I wanted to start with him because Dan is amazing, obviously, and he has such a love for the paranormal that he made Crystal Skull Vodka, and all the work behind it is so cool. It's made in Newfoundland, and the corn used for the vodka is from Ontario. The liquid vodka is filtered seven times, and the last three times, it's filtered through these things called Herkimer diamonds, which are basically raw quartz crystals. If you ever pay attention to anything paranormal about quartz, you'll probably already know that since the beginning of time in nearly every culture around the world, quartz has been held sacred and thought to hold healing properties like amplifying spiritual energy and that kind of thing. Now, Obviously, Dan has done a bunch of amazing things. He was on Saturday Night Live, which is one of my favorite shows. He was in Ghostbusters. He was uh, uh, friends with John Belushi. He's super influential, and he's a member of Artists Against Racism, which is really great. And he's huge into spiritualism and the paranormal, which is right up my alley. Dan's great-grandfather was a mystic who was also friends with the author Arthur Conan Doyle, and he's the author that created Sherlock Holmes, which is kind of neat. Um, now, this is all well and good information, super easy to Google, but a really cool fact about Dan Aykroyd is that he's so into the paranormal that he actually created a show in 2002 called Out There. Now, for you conspiracy people... This one is a fucking winner. Now, dozens of episodes were filmed and edited. Oh, you haven't heard of it? Well, let me tell you why. Dan was launching this show on the Sci-Fi Channel and had managed to land some really incredible guests for it. Dozens of episodes were shot and edited, and one of his prized episodes was an episode with interviews where he talked about the realities of disclosure with Dr. Stephen Greer of the Disclosure Project and Stephen Bassett, who is a former independent candidate for the House of Representatives in Washington. Now, Dr. Greer and Stephen Bassett both claim to be very well-connected and having uh, spoken to people in the government and in the military who have either seen UFOs spoken to witnesses or handled sensitive documents pertaining to UFOs. And according to Dan, both of these men were very open about what they knew in their interviews for that episode. So after delivering this particular episode of Out There, Dan Aykroyd stated that while he was waiting outside of the Sci-Fi Channel office in Manhattan, he got a call out of the blue from Britney Spears asking him to appear with her on Saturday Night Live. Now, as he's talking to her, he turns and sees a big black car pull up to the Sci-Fi Channel building that he's standing outside of, and a very large man wearing a black suit gets out, looks directly at him, and shoots him a terrifying look, and then turns back to the car. 
And Dan claims that it startled him enough to actually turn away from the man to keep talking to Brittany because it distracted him. He says, it was just for a moment that he turned away, but when he turned back to the building to get a better look at the guy, the car was completely gone in the middle of afternoon Manhattan midtown traffic. Dan went on to claim that it could not have just driven away in that moment that he turned. Now, he didn't know what to think of this, but if you've seen Manhattan traffic in the middle of the afternoon, it's fucking nuts. And there's no way that on one of the busiest streets in that city, a giant car could be gone just like that after turning away for just a second. Now, this episode that he was dropping off at Sci-Fi was all about UFOs and men in black, and right after his talk with Brittany about appearing on SNL, the people at Sci-Fi called him to let him know that not only would they not air this episode at all, but they were canceling the entire series. So... Dan Aykroyd, definitely big into paranormal, big into conspiracies, and I could talk about this all day, but I have a big list to get through. Um, next on my list is the actor Jay Baruchel. He is friends with Seth Rogen, who I'm slowly starting to love. Jay was also on the Canadian children's classic show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That show is so solid. Uh, he also guest starred in Letter Kenny, which is one of my favorite shows, also Canadian. And he wrote and produced the hockey movie Goon, which is actually pretty great, even though I don't really know shit about hockey, but I still liked it. Then there's Adam Beach, who is a crazy talented actor and producer from the province that I currently live in. Adam was raised in Dog Creek First Nations, uh, but when he was little, his mom was killed by a drunk driver and his alcoholic dad drowned just a few weeks after his mom passed away. So... Adam and his brother were sent to live in Winnipeg, where he joined drama classes and began acting in local theater. Now, at age 48, he is, you know, a small prairie boy, and he has appeared in over 60 movies and TV shows, including one of my favorite movies of all time, Joe Dirt. <laughs> I love that movie. But if you like more serious movies, he was also in Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee and Wind Talkers. Moving on, John Candy. Where the fuck would the world even be without John Candy having graced it? Uncle Buck, Cool Runnings, Home Alone, Spaceballs, SCTV, Splash, Nothing But Trouble. John Candy was a fucking, he was a comedy genius. If I could be anyone, I would be John Candy or Marilyn Manson. But this is about Canada, so I have to go with John Candy because he was funny and he loved snacks, which I appreciate. Um, can we just talk about Rachel McAdams just for a second? She hurt our hearts in the notebook. She gave us so many iconic sayings as Regina George from Mean Girls. Honestly, she's so beautiful and talented. I don't think she gets enough credit for how actually awesome she is. I just wish she was my friend because I'd love to have a glass of Prosecco with her. I feel like her and I would have a lot of laughs. Um, moving on, actress Sandra Oh. I love her, but I hate everything that she's ever been in. <laughs> but like, she is good. And this woman literally speaks fluent Korean, English, French, and Spanish. Four languages. I can barely speak one. She's amazing. Ryan Reynolds. Don't even get me started on this handsome fucking creature. He's witty. 
He's funny. His Twitter account is amazing. And him and his wife are both so beautiful. Honestly, I would pay so much money to watch them have sex. I'm not even kidding you. Van Wilder, classic, stupid, ridiculous laughing movie. Do you remember, do you even remember his Blade and Amityville horror body? I cannot even, good God, his abs and arms in those movies are a hate crime for people's marriages. The other day, I referred to someone as a top shelf bang and Jared got so fucking mad at me. So I'm not going to say it now because he's going to edit this and get mad at me again. But like Ryan Reynolds, top shelf. Uh, moving on now because I'm going to have a cranky husband, even though he's my own personal top shelf bang. Three words, Lily fucking Munster. Yvonne DiCarlo, our first goth godmother. This woman's life is like one of those classic movies. Seriously, she was born in 1922 in Vancouver. At age three, her dad abandons the family. Her mom becomes a waitress to make ends meet. Her struggling mom just wants her daughter to make it big, so she sends her to a local dance school and makes her study drama. At 15, in 1937, her mom takes her to Hollywood for her big break. Nothing happens. They come back to Canada. Then they're like, no, fuck, she's awesome. She's got to do this. She's amazing. They go back to Hollywood in 1940. Yvonne dances in chorus lines at night while she goes through studios every day looking for work. And eventually she gets a part and then she gets another part and then another part and then another and they just keep rolling in. And by 1947, this girl keeps getting more and more and more in demand. Now, by the time that Yvonne passes away in 2007, she had acted in over 123 different TV shows and movies, but all of us goth babies know her best as Lily Munster. All right, um, more of my favorite Canadians, Jim Carrey. If you don't like Ace Ventura, I don't know what to tell you. I know it hasn't aged well, certainly, but damn, at the time that movie made me laugh so hard. 351, 350 run, rover, sit, hut, hut. While he's wearing a tutu and combat boots. <laughs> I can't, I laugh so hard at that movie. Oh my God. Uh, Tom Green, classic Canadian comedy, totally ahead of his time, totally ahead of his time and completely underrated. Mike Myers, Austin Powers, that movie was so solid. Don't even start with me. He was on SNL and, you know, he's done some stuff. He's hilarious. Um, who else do I have on my list? Brian Adams. Oh, my God. Not only does he make every Canadian sing along to his songs but he's also an extremely talented photographer. If you don't know the words to Summer of 69, don't fucking talk to me because you're a fake Canadian. And if you're listening to this podcast and you aren't Canadian, that's no excuse. Make some poutine. Learn those lyrics immediately. Uh, Jared and I even had his song Heaven is Our Wedding Song. That's how much I love him. Um, who else do I have on here? Corey Haim. <gasps> Lost Boys. Oh my God. My first crushes were all in that movie. Basically, that movie was an entire crush for me. Literally every vampire, yes, including Star, made my front bum tingle. 
I knew all the way back then that weirdness was totally my jam. And Corey Heyman, that was obviously amazing. Um, okay, I have to get more of these out because this episode is going to be like a hundred hours long. Lauren Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live and comedy spotting genius. Uh, Alex Trebek, the host and the fucking king of Jeopardy, who also looks like he gives good dad hugs. Uh, he's literally had the same job since 1984, which, if you know better than to argue with me, is longer than I've been alive. Um, Pamela Anderson. I can't leave her off this list. She is literally our generation's blonde bombshell. She is also a talented photographer as well. I bet you didn't know that. And I bet you after this episode, Jared is going to try to call her a top shelf bang just to see if I get mad. So I'm going to say it first. Boom. Um, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall, which is another piece of Canadian comedy gold. Who else do I have? Faye Ray. She was born in Alberta and she's one of the original scream queens because she played Anne in King Kong in 1933. Uh, there's also Neil Young. Oh my God, classic. Neil Young, Heart of Gold is in my top 100 favorite songs of all time. Uh, there's actress Ellen Page, who is super prominent in the LGBTQ community and was in some really great things like Juno and Hard Candy and The Umbrella Academy, which I surprisingly liked. Uh, usually those shows are not my thing, but I actually really enjoyed that. There's also the singer Michael, <laughs> Michael Buble, who I saw in concert with my mom, and we both wept through the entire thing. Uh, there's the actor Will Arnett, who is amazing in 30 Rock. That's one of my favorite shows. Jason Priestley from 90210. He probably had the most women from the ages of 40 to 50 masturbating to him, like I'm so sure. Uh, there's also Katie Lang. She doesn't get enough credit for how talented she is. She's a passionate animal rights activist a gay rights activist, and holy, can that woman sing? Oh my God, I bet you she's super nice. Oh, I also have Phil Hartman. I just have like a list. I've jotted down all these Canadians. Phil Hartman, that one is really sad. Uh, Phil Hartman, he was hilarious. He was born in Brantford, Ontario, and he ended up obviously getting a comedy dream and getting a spot on Saturday Night Live. I'm sure you're seeing a trend here because everyone shits on that show, but I've been watching SNL for my entire life, and honestly, it's the only show I miss because I don't have cable anymore besides for Chopped and Forged in Fire. So, um, but that show had so many classic comedy sketches. Anyways, back to Phil. On May 28th, 1998, his wife Bryn shot him in the head while he was sleeping, after she shot Phil, she drove to her friend's house and told her friend that she killed Phil, but he didn't believe her. He made her drive back home and followed behind her. Uh, once Bryn and her friend were in the house, the friend saw Phil's body and was like, oh, fuck, and called 911. The cops showed up and escorted her friend and their two kids out of the house because Phil's, Phil and Bryn's kids were still in the house when she did that. And Bryn locked herself in the bedroom with Phil and killed herself while everyone was outside, which is so crazy. But he was an amazing actor. The last person on my list, I'm going to get mocked mercilessly for this, but I don't care. I'm going to say this loud and proud. I fucking love Celine Dion. Don't come for me. 
There's no reason for a voice like that to just come out of a human's body. It's ethereal. She's literally like a breathing angel. I fucking, I can't. She is a musical icon and this woman still does her own makeup before her shows. Like what? She's a millionaire. She's a, she's a musical icon and she's like, you know what? I'm going to do my own makeup. No one does that. Beyonce has like a team of people. Like sometimes if no one's home, I pretend that my remote is a microphone and I sing It's All Coming Back to Me and Love You More because those are my two favorite songs. <laughs> and if I turn the music up loud enough, I can't even hear my voice crack at the high parts. So there's that. So the other ones I wanted to mention are Canadian shows and bands that I love. So for shows, Maniac Mansion. Do you remember that? Schitt's Creek, Cavendish, Letterkenny, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Kids in the Hall. These shows are so underrated. Okay, maybe not Schitt's Creek. That's not underrated because they've even been on Ellen. But the rest are super underrated, especially Letterkenny. I will fight you. That show is so brilliantly written. And I think that when people don't find it funny, it's because their brains don't actually understand the jokes. Do you remember Maniac Mansion? Classic comedy like sitcom about a friendly mad scientist who moves his family into a home with a meteor that's alive. It's all their crazy antics. So weird, so good, Canadian classic. And the ghost stories from around the campfire from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are you kidding me? Classic children's scares. So good. Okay, and because I'm a music store kid, the last one I wanted to do to wrap this up is my top 10 Canadian bands or singers. I'm going to try to not include Celine Dion because I talked about her already, but I could talk about her all day because I love her. I have never met a single person in my entire life that likes the same kind of music as I do. I legitimately always hope that one day I'm going to make a friend that I can talk to my music about. <laughs> People always talk about their bucket list and it's always things like, I want to go skydiving and win the lottery. And my list, my bucket list has things like I want a job working at a desk at a tattoo shop and I want to find a friend that just likes the same music as me. So topping off my music list is Sarah Sleen. Uh, she is a singer from Ontario and I have literally been listening to her for the past 15 years she is a lyrical genius. She is a talented singer and piano player. She writes orchestra parts. She's amazing. Um, and very few people seem to know about her. I met her once and I was too scared to talk to her. I always hope that one day when I'm in Toronto, which is one of my favorite cities, I'm going to run into her and she'll decide to be my friend and I won't blow it by being super lame and awkward. Uh, she has this song called The Rose, and I can't even make it through the first few notes of that without crying. It's so sad and beautiful. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am obsessed with song lyrics, and for some reason, they're the only thing that I can always remember no matter what, even when I don't know what I had for lunch yesterday. Um, switching it up, uh, there's this band called Cancer Bats. They're also from the Toronto area. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that I belong in Toronto. These guys are, I think they're labeled as heavy punk, but I don't agree with that necessarily. They're just really heavy and their cover of Beastie Boys' uh, Sabotage is fucking legendary. Seriously, if you like heavy music, listen to that song. Uh, next, I have The Dead South. I guess these guys are considered like folk bluegrass. 
They're from Saskatchewan and they are literally more popular in Europe than in their own country, which is insane. But they have this adorable cult following um, of all of these people that dress up like them with suspenders and white shirts and black hats. And it's seriously the cutest thing ever. If you want to snap your fingers to something, listen to their song in hell. I'll be a good company. The next are pretty. The next couple that I have are pretty heavy. There's Cataclysm, Strapping Young Lad, and Cryptopsy. Cataclysm is from Montreal, and they've been around since 91, so these guys are like metal veterans. After they put out their 13th CD called Meditations in 2018, they actually made it onto the Billboard Top 100 chart at 61, which I think is really huge for a Canadian metal band who, again, is more popular in Europe than their own country. I saw a guy on the train in Germany with a Cataclysm shirt, which is super cool because I never see anybody here with any of those. Uh, then there's Strapping Young Lad. They haven't put anything out since 2007, but these guys are heavy, like super heavy. I think Wikipedia actually labeled them as extreme metal, which is adorable. Um, I've never met anyone besides myself that likes that band. They have this song called Goat from their album Heavy as a Really Heavy Thing, and it's seriously so good. Maybe one day I'll just do a whole podcast on all the bands I love, and I'll just talk to myself about them since I can't find any friends to talk to that have the same taste as me. Okay, a slight change up from the music is one of my teenage heroes, Biff Naked. Biff is another person that I always hope I'll accidentally run into and she'll just decide to be my friend. I have a lot of fantasies about just like making friends. How sad is that? But I've been listening to her since I was just a really awkward 13 year old and I had the worst girl crush on her forever. Uh, one day when I have Jared on the podcast again, I'm going to get him to tell the story about how he completely ruined her concert for me by yelling at the opening band. But moving on, um, Biff buys a lot of Mac makeup and I used to work for Mac. Uh, one day, so I still have friends that work there. And one day a friend of mine messaged me and said, oh my God, Biff Naked is here and she's in Winnipeg and she's complaining about not having fun stuff to do you should totally message her about doing a fun photo shoot. So I got so excited and I was like, okay, I if I message her from my photography page, it will look legit. So I did. And then you know how people, you can see when people have read your messages on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, she read it, but then she never replied. So I was a little bit crushed and I didn't think I came off as creepy. So I don't know what I did wrong, but I just, I just want to hang out and be friends. <laughs> okay, then obviously there's Brian Adams, as I mentioned earlier, and also Shania Twain, because what kind of Canadian woman would I be if I didn't include the girl power of Shania Twain's Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under on this list? Come on. So that was nine, I think. I think that was nine. And I said I would do 10, so I'm actually going to end this with Nickelback. Now, let me tell you why Nickelback is on my list as favorite Canadians. I don't listen to Nickelback, like, really ever. I've obviously heard a ton of their songs from the radio and TV, but the reason that I wanted to end with them is because people have such a hate on for them, and I don't fucking understand why. These are four average-looking dudes from a small place in Alberta who made it big, which is literally every band's dream. 
they play and make music that they just want people to have fun and drink beers to, and for some reason that seems to enrage people. I think with society and cancel culture and vanity bullshit, people see these very normal, everyday-looking dudes from a small town in Canada living their dream, and it infuriates them. Like, when you ask someone why they hate Nickelback, it's always a dumb fucking answer. They suck. Their music sucks. Oh, okay, well, why does it suck? Do they talk about burning down orphanages? Are they too heavy for you? Are they too light for you? Do they step on kittens in dark web videos? Did they break into your grandma's garage and ruin her Christmas ornaments? Or are you intimidated because these basic-looking dudes from average families followed their dreams and made it big? I just think that people are so fucking insecure with themselves sometimes that when they see average people becoming successful, they take it really personal and use their own insecurity and feelings of not being valid enough to lash out at other people just living their lives and following their dreams. I think that not enough people are mad at the fame of people like the Kardashians because they were already wealthy and privileged and beautiful, so we expect greatness and affluence from them. But then you take the singer of Nickelback, who is a plain Mennonite boy from a small town in Alberta with no dad, and you're like, no, he sucks. He got a DUI once and he acts like a frat boy. Oh, okay, yes, then your hatred of a band that has worked their buns off, receives a ton of internet hatred, and has sold over 50 million albums is totally valid, you fucking asshole. I think I take this a little personal because I feel like I relate on a level to them. I quit a very secure and great job to follow my passion more than once, and the shit that I hear from people is unreal. I know I ranted about this a while ago, but I feel like it bears repeating, and this is my podcast so I can say whatever I want. Wink, wink. A life lesson that you learn as you get older is that no matter what you do, people are going to judge you for everything everything. Someone is always going to think you're making the wrong decision or doing something stupid or bad if it's considered out of the norm, especially if you're an average person. I'm not exceptional looking. I didn't grow up in a wealthy family that has a million dollar cabin in another province. I've always just been an average person that knew I wanted to have fun with my life and follow whatever ridiculous dream I had. If you decide to be a creator or artist of any kind, you're going to hear all sorts of shit. Things like, photographers are useless because everyone has a camera on their phone. I hear things like that all the time. If you have the audacity to start a podcast, most people in your life, including your closest friends and family, won't even fucking listen to it. You'll hear, you'll hear things like, yeah, you and every other asshole with a microphone, or just another bored girl who talks too much, you need a hobby. If you spend your photographic career taking pictures of other people, and you dare to turn that lens around and use yourself as a model during quarantine, the comments will flow in daily, and you will hear things like, fat girls shouldn't model, you'd be a lot prettier if you lost some weight, or you look bored, I guess no one's hiring you. If you decide that you don't care about being naked on the internet, you're bad, or you're slutty, or you're a bad wife, even though museums are filled to the brim with statues of naked people and portraits of women with exposed breasts. <gasps> Gasp! Boobies! I guess my point is that you just have to do what feels right and keep going. That's the Canadian way. 
No one is living your life or paying your bills. The people that are judging you or treating you badly are doing it for reasons beyond your control, like Nickelback. People are so mean to them and I just don't get it. But what you can control and what they do is they don't let it stop them. Keep creating. Keep being your authentic self. Listen to Nickelback if you want. Sing Celine Dion in your living room if you want to, which I do. Drink your Canadian beer. Watch your hockey games. Portage down your local river. Drink your ginger ale. Eat your ketchup chips. Not everyone is going to like it. Not everyone is going to support it. And I know that's uncomfortable, but sometimes being comfortable isn't always what's best for your soul or your growth. I've gotten to learn that the hard way. Being Canadian isn't supposed to be comfortable. We have mosquitoes in winter. I have failed at so many things and I've had so many obstacles and heartaches thrown at me that sometimes I literally laugh and cry at the same time. Like, you know, when you fall, but it's hilarious. I wish I could go back to the awkward goth 17-year-old small town Tony and just tell her that people will hurt you. People will leave you. People will make fun of you. You are going to fuck up a billion times and people are going to think you're a fucking idiot, but it's okay. Be your own cheerleader. Thrive in your discomfort because that's what helps you grow. Work hard for things that make you feel that fire burn inside your chest. Let your tears happen and laugh through them. Let the haters come for you like Nickelback. They're going to watch you anyway. You might as well give them a show. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the most Canadian thing you can do is just keep going through the bullshit. We live in one of the toughest climates on the planet. One of them. I know there's a lot, but we've got a pretty intense climate. We have the most confusing history full of dirty secrets and the horror of colonization and committing a spiritual genocide on an entire country of people. And we just have to keep going and do better. So eat your poutine or your poutine, uh, drink your Caesars, say sorry if someone holds the door for you, wear your toque in the winter, and be nice to your fucking neighbors because you never know if you're going to need them to help you shovel snow one day. So happy Canada Day to all of my fellow Canadians and to the rest of you listening that aren't from Canada. Just take a second to cheers with us and know that Canadians are mostly good people who are just trying to find their way in the world, even though we have the most expensive flights on the planet and it's cheaper for us to go to Mexico for an entire week than to fly one person from Vancouver to Halifax. So you can find me at Prosecco and Ponies on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, eh? Have a great day, eh?